Welcome in this, this this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Hey, Rod, um, I want to start with this. Sark had his press conference uh, this morning. And, and first things first, talked about the health of the team. The only player he said is for sure out is Austin Jordan, obviously third-string nickel, does play on special teams, which means Ryan Watts will probably go through warm-ups and they'll make a game-time decision, right? But uh, So that's really the only news on the injury front. Otherwise, Texas is a pretty healthy team right now, or as healthy as they can be at this point. But I want to take you back, Rod. What do you remember before you played in the Big 12 championship game? Nerves, team. How did it all go down? What were you feeling the 48 hours before, 24 hours before? Oh, man. Um, a little different. Um, the, the Big 12 title game that where I was a starter, where we played Colorado, yep. and we had already played Colorado earlier that year. So that's the big difference here. Now, there's familiarity. This team knows Gundy's, and they, you know, Sark knows about Gundy, and I'm sure they know some of the players that were on the team last season when they met. But you didn't see them early in the season. We had beaten Colorado. Oh, man, we blew them out. I mean, we yes. had put an old biblical style, test, te Old Testament style butt whipping on Colorado earlier in the season. So we were confident going into that game. Not overconfident. We were not overconfident going into the game, but we were confident going into that game. And I do remember before the game, I'm not sure how it all worked out, but I do remember before the game, if we had won the game. Tennessee lost. So y'all knew that when y'all went out on the field. Unfortunately, we did, and Probably I, I still didn't. Yeah, I listen. Okay, I think for some guys, and I will say to myself, not bragging. I think for some guys, it was, it was almost that that gratifying moment that everything that you had dreamed of, everything that you had been working for, was right there. All right, it was right there in front of you. You were on the the cusp, right on the precipice of a, of achieving it or getting to it, the national title game. So for me, that's what it was. Like when I was told that, I'm sure that was Max motivation. It was like, hey man, you know, some guys they go. They, this is the carrot they need. This is the incentive they need. The motivation they need to give everything they got, leave everything on the field. All right, and, and crystallize their focus. And it was for me, but for others, <laughs> I do believe that little nugget of information might have worked against them. It might have put a little too much pressure on some guys. Yeah. All right. Knowing exactly that, hey, your performance is going to dictate whether this team goes to play for a national title. And I think it may have put a little too much pressure on some guys who may have put too much pressure on themselves. And that happens. And then in that big moment, um, you saw the, the implosion. And I think it worked, it worked for and against them. We were still right there, but that's the difference. And so the, the preparation beforehand, I think is going to be a little bit different. This team, they already know, like you just said, following Twitter now and social media, you can't avoid that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Matt could have insulated us, but he didn't. But these days, these guys will know what they're playing for. So that pressure is something that you it's inescapable. Right? It's inescapable. So last few games, I feel like Sark has these wins have had a lot of meaning for him. TCU, where he had 199 yards of offense the year in 2022, avenges that one. Iowa State, 30-7, to the Bo Davis bus ran, avenged that one on the road. Then I think Texas Tech, obviously, last year on the road, Brett Yormark's comments, that one had everybody. Uh, so 57-7, avenged that one. Then there's the Oklahoma State game last year, which mm -hmm. was as ugly of a loss as Texas had. Uh, of course, they had no penalties 
uh, Cole on Oklahoma State and 14 on Texas. But beside the point, that was an ugly loss, throwing it 40 times with the wind, uh, crazy as that was. But here's my question, Rod. I think the one thing that's going to motivate the Texas players this year outside of just winning the Big 12 and, and seeing uh, where the chips fall in the playoffs is their man, their head coach got snubbed on Big 12 Coach of the Year. I yeah. think these I think these guys are going to – Try to take going to try to win one for coach tomorrow. Um, you know they could use that as you know bulleted board material. They could. I mean, it's something that sorry not that they need anything to play for though, right? 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 Yeah, that's exactly. That's kind of like I said. They could use it, uh, and you know, even Gundy said some things that could have been taken as you know right. backhanded kind of compliments and shots at Texas. But yeah. I'm with you. I need because this team, they like I said, we talked about it. I was once at this point, and we. We did not play well, right? We imploded. We lost that game to Colorado because we didn't handle pressure well. This team handles pressure really well. That's why I would say what they're not that you know that tech game was the most complete full four-quarter game that we've seen from this team. But all season long, they've been making clutch plays in critical moments, right? Yeah. That clutch time. That's when they show up. And different guys have shown up for them in clutch time. You know, Bert Auburn seems to be the latest showing up in clutch time, right? There are different guys that do it. Um, so that's the difference between them and us. Somebody said we didn't have clutch guys on our team, but man, I don't know if our team was clutch, right? We we had a chance in 02 to, to play for a BCS uh, title and potentially compete for another Big 12 title, and we lost to Texas Tech in 02, right? Down in Lubbock. Freaky things happen nighttime in Lubbock. Cliff Kingsbury, Wes Welker, right? Uh, had a chance to win the Big 12 title, beat Colorado team we already beat, and we didn't do it. So I got to live with the fact that, man, we were a good team. We were a really good team. But I don't know if we were clutch. This is a great team, and they are clutch. That's why go. I'm confident in them playing for the national title in the college football playoff because they're a great team, and they're clutch, and that's what the playoffs are all about, man, being clutch. So I, I know some people – yeah, go yeah, ahead. I, yeah. I, hope we get, I hope we get this win this week, we get in the playoffs, and, yeah. and you and I get to talk about Sark with a month to prepare for a playoff game. That, that would be oh. – well, that's the shows that are going to be good if they can get there. All right. All big teams <laughs> – at least we're, we are talking quarterbacks. This is a quarterback room, but this is a unique time of year. So I want to bring something. I want to get your thoughts on this. Tavondre Sweat won the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year yesterday. Yes. The second yeah. interior defensive lineman to win that award at Texas in the Big 12. He joined Casey Hampton, which, Rod, yeah. you know, I'm as big as Casey Hampton fan as there is. I think he's yes, joining. He is joining select select company and i doubt tavondre knows just how good casey hampton was so i don't want you to compare those guys but i want you to just talk about the significance of it but then also just say tell people how good casey was because we were on coffee oh. and football this morning people a lot of people never saw casey or they don't remember casey nope. so tavondre joined select company uh but casey hampton was a special player Casey, okay, I'll just give you a couple of Casey Hampton nuggets to show you how to tell you tell you how good he was. I played with him, and it, it, honestly, to this day, it's still mind blowing how yeah. dominant this guy was from the D tackle position, right? That nose tackle position, he led the team in tackles twice, two years in a row. I don't even know how you do that at he had D tackle. tackles at nose guard. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> Thanks. Right now, we're talking about how Devontae Sweat won Defensive Player of the Year because of the eye test, right? right? Because if you watched him play, you saw how dominant he was. Casey was both eye test and you can go look at the stat sheet and go, damn, who's yeah, that yeah. guy? 
Right. And he had more tackles. He had more tackles than Derek Johnson. I mean, that's not <laughs> happen. Yo, you gotta go watch some film on to see freaky plays where he's actually running toward the second level. Big yes. cases have been chasing down ball carriers. There's a we got blown out by Oklahoma in 2000, the year they won the national title. And Matt Brown, Matt Brown gave us the business as he should have. I mean, we you know they get blown out like that. Hey man, the coach got to give it to you because I'm sure that he's giving it to the coach, other coaches too. And he's and Coach Brown said he talked to Derrick Royal about you know, hey man, I had to you know get on the guys. I you know I was really hard on them, and you know because nobody played well. He was like everybody played terrible, you know. And Derrick Royal told him, he said, man, you need to go look at the tape. He said, you need to go watch the tape. And Matt was like, what do you mean? He said, go watch the tape. Not everybody played bad. Go watch Casey Hamm. <laughs> Go watch them. I don't, I don't remember Casey having a bad day other than the time he celebrated a tackle against Rice, jumped up in the air and tore his ACL. That's the like the that's the like other. I never saw the guy have a bad game, Rod. I never I never Dude, saw he, him he have did, a productive football game. Yeah, we that, would after their their time to practice, they would pull him in practice because he was just being so yeah. destructive. It was like, all right, we got to get some we got to get some reps in here. Let's get Casey out of there and get him on the side so we can actually run this damn play. Like he was that dude was a man. He was a man amongst boys, man. So yeah, I mean, by the way, but I would say that that Casey and Sean, they were a probably the most dominant D tackle duo yes. in Texas football history. Agreed. But the best D tackle duo since then, Tavondre Sweat and okay. Byron Murphy. Yep, no doubt about no it. Doubt. I couldn't agree more, Rod. And obviously that came through. Tavondre winning defensive player of the year, Byron Murphy winning defensive lineman of the year. And how many holding calls did they get between them, Rod? <laughs> one? Oh, we still have, no, that's not how many? Uh, did they get one last week, Friday? I don't know. I'm asking you. I'll go go zero. Is it zero? It's, I think it's either zero or one. Uh, it's either zero <laughs> or I think Sweat finally got one Friday in the blowout. All oh, right, Rod, this, okay. is, this is go. the quarterback room. Let's transition to quarterbacks. Uh, there you go. Quinn Ewers. <laughs> Much improved player this year heading into the Big 12 championship game. Uh, 213 to 305, completing 69.8%. When we talked in preseason uh, or early in the season, uh, Bobby Burton, myself, you, I, I don't know if you ever hit a percentage, but Bobby and I were saying 65% this year would be a really good season. That's a mark of an approved quarterback. 69.8, mm -hmm. uh, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions, five rushing touchdowns. Only one game under 63% all season. But now the Big 12 play, 73.6% completion percentage. He does have the five interceptions, three against OU, nine touchdowns, five interceptions, four rushing touchdowns. Missed two games, by the way. Um, Quinn going into this week, what do you think, Quinn? One, what do you think? How, how, what do you think of the season he's had? Two, what do you think he has to do really well Saturday? to get one more victory and put it in the committee's hands? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think what he needs to get better at is working through progressions uh, as a quarterback, um, right? I think that is, he's more comfortable working his way through progressions. Um, I think it'll help his game tremendously once he gets to the second level. I think that's what they want to come back for, um, to see if he's a, a quarterback that can do that. But not, not that you can't be an NFL quarterback as a first-read quarterback. I think that's basically what Tua is. Right. Um, but, they, if you, if, I think for you as a cool be at the next level, if you do want to advance, that's the best way to do it. And and I think for for Quinn, you know, when he plays against Oklahoma State, and I don't know exactly how Gundy's going to try to attack him. Or I think Nardo is the name of the uh, defensive coordinator there. I think they're going to do a lot of drop coverage against Quinn. Uh, they're going to try to drop as much as they can. 
um, as you know, I mean, how often as they can. I mean, they're going to try to do it with a lot of frequency because with Quinn, if you can just force him to hold on to the ball and get through the first read, just as I talked about, he's not great through going through progressions. He'll hold on to the ball. So you don't necessarily need to overwhelm the pass protection with defenders. You just you can get time to get right. there. Guys like Colin Oliver, who is an elite pass rusher, if he has time to get there, he can beat you know uh, a, a guy off, off around the corner, around the edge, or he can beat somebody with a, a twist or a loop or a stunt. Um, so I think they're going to do a lot of drop coverage if they can get Texas behind the chains. But that's a big if. That's the big if. And, and by the way, one thing we're both hoping is um, Colin Oliver's not blocked one on one by JT Sanders and Pass Pro, because that's you a Nelson, that. that's a Nelson Caesar result. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, want that's that. not good. That guy's. <laughs> but look, you watch, you watch Oklahoma State, obviously. They've given up some big plays in the passing game this year. Kind of. Yes. How do you how do you see Sark attacking them offensively? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, there are just some, you know, they, they have three different safeties they like to throw out there. They, throw, they run that three-safety package. Um, but they, uh, I think Kendall Daniels is one of the guys out there. He's like 6'4". Big no, 200 pounds. Yes. And he, he, he's a versatile yeah. yes. athlete, but I do believe these guys can be had in coverage if they're isolated. And by the way, Texas does that against everybody. I mean, very few teams have DBs that can match up with Texas. Hell, Iowa State probably had the best chance at it. And even Iowa State struggled to match up across the board with Texas player, with Texas uh, skill talent on the outside. So I think Texas will try to take their shots against Oklahoma State. Here's the thing is last year, the game plan was brilliant because they almost suckered Texas in to taking those deep shots. Remember how many deep shots they missed last season? Yeah, they had, they, they had, exactly. More missed yeah. deep shots than they had in any game. There were 14 overthrows. We learned later Quinn had the hand injury. Uh, you know, we Xavier Worthy had the hand injury, and that win that was also a factor. It didn't matter. Sark was chasing that deep ball. This is a different Sark, and Sark doesn't hasn't chased the deep ball lately. Um, have, we haven't seen those frivolous deep shots. I think that's helped Quinn too, right? Yeah. That, you know, I, I think it helped gets Quinn in a rhythm and get Quinn in the groove. I think he's way out of his right out of his rhythm when you throw those deep shots on first down. Then you get behind the chains, and then you have to force him into third long situations where everybody know he's throwing. And then I think they throw the pressure package as him, exotic looks at him, and that's when he struggles a little bit. Um, but I think for for Texas, you know, as long as they can stay ahead of the chains. You don't have those frivolous deep shots you had last season. I think Texas actually will be able to make a lot of big plays in the passing game. But Gundy, I think, is going to keep them playing with that umbrella coverage. Right. They're going to keep everything in front of them. If you don't force Texas to play red zone offense, then you're just that's right. You're not doing your job as a defensive coordinator. And, and, the, and the other reason he's going to do that is Gundy's going to try to condense this football game. He wants and, that clock to be running. He yep. always wants that clock to be running in this game. Uh, all right, Rod, let's uh, turn our attention to um, Alan Bowman, Oklahoma State quarterback. He's been to four schools, I believe, at this point, um, had concussion issues, 
but he's come on and had a pretty good year for Oklahoma State because they were in a three-quarterback rotation early in the year, almost lost their season. Then they decided Bowman, and they've saved it, and they've won seven of eight. And Bowman is completing 59.9% for 2,808 yards with 10 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. He's thrown 10 touchdowns but 10 interceptions in Big 12 play. Uh, watching Alan Bowman, what do you see that you like about him, and where do you think Texas can get after him a little bit outside of him just not being a mobile guy? Because he's not a yeah. guy that if you get pressure, he's going to escape the pocket and make a lot of throws on the move. No, he's not that guy. I think I've seen them run a quarterback draw in the red zone with him uh, a time or two, but they don't utilize him as a running threat. Uh, but against Texas, last game of his, you know, last regular season game, championship game, hey, why not, right? Uh, throw caution to the wind. I will say the interceptions are alarming, and I think the Longhorns should be able to make some plays and get some takeaways against them. A few of those interceptions are, or at least two or three of them, on miscommunications by right. between he and the wide receivers. Either RPO misreads where he thinks that there are, you know, it's side adjustments where he thinks the wide receiver is going to be one place and the wide receiver is not. It's actually ended up in pick sixes because he's throwing a slant or he's throwing Had a one last week. Had one last yeah. week in the first half. Exactly. And the wide receiver is running a nine. So they're yeah. still not on the same page. That's a few of those interceptions. Um, but I would say the wide receivers are getting healthier for them. Uh, Jaden Brady got Leon Johnson, the third who's trending right now, playing really well. And he he's streaky. He gets hot. Um, and once he gets streaky, like he did in the second half of the BYU game, man, they, they, they'll rely on him. They actually, in the BYU game, they were 50-50 basically. Um, run-pass ratios on first and second down, on early yeah. downs. They were throwing it as much as they were running it on first and second down. A little surprising. I think that's because they're getting healthier at wide receiver. Also, they, they're starting to have more faith in Allen Bowman that he can go out there and make some plays. I, I think Texas secondary, if they play that aggressive press coverage they did against Texas Tech, uh, a lot of times they'll take away a lot of the easy completions for Bowman. That's what he relies on, too easy short completions they love the rpo game you can isolate that rpo game bracket that inside slot receiver which is presley which is their their top guys their top threats um and i think you can really take away the outside slants the inside cuts and make bowman's life easier make him hold on to the ball split second longer if he does like you said he's not running to extend the play he's gonna no. be running for his life that's exactly right so uh, let's let's say this texas wins up front because they have every game this year um, yep. Gundy knows they have an advantage over his offensive line going, even though they're an experienced offensive line, they're not a high end talent offensive line. Um, so if you play press coverage, what, how does Gundy attack? Is it RPOs? I, I think Gundy's going to bring like tech didn't bring a lot in the screen game. I'd be shocked if Gundy didn't bring a lot in the screen game this week. And we know Texas has struggled with the screen game, right? Iowa State ran some great screens on them. K-State actually ran a few screens on them that were successful. Because Texas is a fast-flow defense, really aggressive defense, which is yep. great. That's why they're uh, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, you can make it work against them. Make you make their aggressiveness work against them uh, by using a lot of misdirection, um, by using the screen game. So I would, I'm with you, I, especially the wide receiver screens on the outside. Yes. We haven't seen teams do that really since – Oklahoma's probably the last team that tried to do some of those wide receiver screens. A lot of teams haven't been doing it. Uh, yeah, I, I guess U of H probably threw a couple of those too. Kansas um, but State, I, but they used the tight end. So yes. K-State used the tight end more than the wide receiver. But, yeah, I, I mean, don't you see that? A lot of RPOs, a lot of screen game. I mean, from yep, Gundy this week. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense too, especially if Texas is going to play that press man coverage on the outside, bring right. those guys in motion and motion them to bunch bunch formations or motion them to cluster receiver formations, Texas will back up off the press. You're going to force them to back up off the press. Yeah, and so if you have if you have some success in the screen game, that's going to make Texas back off the press a little bit. That, I think that's going to be interesting to see. All right, Rod, we're going to close out this week's show. Uh, this is the quarterback room. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers. Just got Sarah Land High, KJ Lacey, 2025 commitment out of the Mobile area. Uh, top 50 level prospect in the country will definitely end up top 50 if he's not now. Uh, Sarah Land has a big game. They won state last year, first state title. Uh, they have a big game Friday night against Pike Road, who's 11 and 2. Sarah Land 13 and 0. Been a while since Sarah Land lost the game. I just want to update everybody on KJ Lacey. KJ Lacey's completing 68% of his passes, 2,734 yards, 36 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Also has five rushing touchdowns this year. And his stats would be monstrous, but he didn't play the second half of about five games in a row or four out of five games because they're blown opponents out. Um, K.J. Lacey, Rod, we talk about, and I know I had you watch him earlier this year, when we talk about guys that are, you know, we saw what Arch could do Friday as an athlete at the quarterback position. Yeah. K.J. Lacey is similar to Bryce Young in that ability. Talk about Sark's offense. We're so accustomed to seeing pro-style, pro-style. We know it's not QB run game, and you're not going to have a lot of QB run game called plays under Sark. But in the future with Arch Manning and then K.J. Lacey, if you add that athleticism component to Sark's offense, how dangerous does it become? I mean, it's crazy because we talked to um, Trey Owens about it, and even yeah. he said – that was something that he was working on. That's right. Because, like, right? Because we are in the we are in age now where the the quarter of the quarterback renaissance, where some of the best athletes on these teams are actually at the quarterback position, and everybody now has functional mobility. The statues of the old days, you know, of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Dan Marino, those things are done. Everybody can move around just a little bit. Can it be weaponized? Is the question. Uh, because it, last year was the first year in the NFL where there were more designed quarterback runs than scrambles. First year ever in the league. So we're starting to see even coordinators go, all right, man, the guy can't run. Why don't we use it? Why don't we make it a part of the offense? Sark has mocked it pretty much, right? Yeah. And Sark's offenses are, are, are sophisticated and they're progressive and they're modern. They're fantastic. Everybody loves Sark's offenses. But he almost mocks. The, the quarterback run game. He always says, we don't major in the quarterback run no, no, no. game. We don't major yeah. in that. That's how we do. But we do know somebody encouraged Quinn to run. And I think it was Sark, right? We all agree Sark was like, hey, man, yeah. you, know, you start running a little bit more. You got some green grass, right? And, and I, I think, you know, he obviously ran less after the injury. But I think Sark now is – he's a football theorist. And I think if you're just looking at football evolution – one of the most glaring kind of evolutionary adaptations within the game is the athleticism at quarterback. It's undeniable now. Like I said, even guys like Trey Owens are like, I know I'm a pocket passer, but you know I'm trying to I'm trying to work on my run game a little bit. Right. Uh, because it, first of all, all quarterbacks want to believe they're great athletes anyway and they can run. But I think now you can weaponize it. And even when if it's a scramble, there's even uh, there's uh, clinics about um, what's his name, Brian Dabble. Yeah, the uh, who was once the offensive coordinator for the Bills, now he's the head coach of the Giants. That he would bake in scrambles into the the actual play, 
And we know the Longhorns sort of, sort of did this with the VY famous play in the Rose Bowl. Yes, they right? did. You bake it in for a great player. Like, listen, we gonna, you don't have some green grass here with the way this route combination works out. There should be some green there. If you see it, take it. If, if there is not green there, then that should be this guy open behind that green area. And you kind of bake it in. And we're seeing that more and more because you do have the you know versatility of these quarterbacks. So I think Sarkis should see he, – he doesn't want to do it, but I think now he's not they're not he's not being brought dragging and screaming, but I think he now understands, hey man, it would be almost malpractice to not dive into quarterback run game considering Arch Manning, KJ, you know what I mean? The guys you're gonna have coming in. And considering you're going to the SEC. And yeah, you're gonna need everything, brother. You're gonna, you're gonna need-, need everything. The whole bag. You're gonna need everything in the bag. Exactly. All right, Rod. All right, so we will uh uh, we'll be talking again tomorrow. Obviously, uh, we have the uh, Longhorn live stream from three to four. That's at Terry Black's Barbecue. Uh, Rod won't be there; he's on baby duty. Uh, but oh, Bobby man. and myself will be there. Uh, oh. Aaron Hogan, I believe, will be there as well. So we'll be on uh, one hundred four nine. We'll be on the Austin Radio after that as well. Uh, but Rod, I mean, any closing thoughts here? Oklahoma State, Texas. I mean, what is the? If I said, what are two keys for Texas victory? What do oh. you got? Because we're talking quarterbacks, man. You got to force Alan Bowman to beat you. Yes. You don't want Ali Gordon beating you. So, no. <laughs> you that hasn't that. happened all year. <laughs> and it hasn't happened. But I will say this is the final exam, right? He's going to win the Dove Walker. He's going to yes. win the Dove Walker. He is, so that will be considered to be the nation's best running back. And be, nation's best running back against one of the nation's best rush defenses. Final exam for Texas. If they can stop him and force him to be basically a threat in the passing game, then Bowman's got to beat you. And I don't think Bowman can beat him. But we'll see if Bowman yeah. can beat him. Um, that's kind of my key. And turnovers, 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 turnovers. They have 20 takeaways on the season. They take right. the football away. It's one of the only things they do really well on defense. Texas had, I think, 21 takeaways on the season, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's going to be big. Bowman has thrown a lot of picks, but lately he's playing better. If he throws picks, they're going to lose. If he plays clean, this could be a tight one. There. Oklahoma State, there's two guys you have to identify for Oklahoma State. That's Colin Oliver. He's caused four fumbles this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to ID him in past situations. And Nicholas Martin blitzing up the middle linebacker. He's got six sacks as well. If Texas IDs those two guys well, I think Texas is going to have a big day offensively. All right, for Rod Babers, my name is Jerry Hamilton, and we'll be talking to you again tomorrow on the Friday Longhorn live stream. Thank you for uh, joining in on the quarterback room, and we'll talk to you again next week. Welcome.